Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. All right, so already this morning, Mitch mentioned it, the dreaded word Christmas. How many of you guys, when you went, have you been to the mall or any stores and you saw the Christmas decorations up already? You're like, what? It's like the day after Halloween. Now, I don't know about you. I walked in the mall and I was super excited. I loved it. I'm like, I want to go to the Hallmark store. I'll literally look at the ornaments there every day. They don't change. Doesn't even matter. I want to go look at them because I, I'm super excited about Christmas. I'm, I'm ready for it. But if you're like me, and I'm willing to bet most of you are in this regard, Christmas doesn't just come with, with joy and excitement and gifts. Like for many of us, most of us, Christmas can definitely come with its shares of stress and pressure. Can I get an amen from anybody, right? Okay, you're not even, you don't even know yet. Okay, you're not even in it right now. You're just thinking ahead. Yeah, it's probably be a little bit stressful. Let me just, let me help you. Let me help, let me make you feel some of the Christmas stress. Okay, there's a study done on Christmas and the stress that goes with it. And uh, this, this, is, this is interesting. So Christmas stress is a real thing, that holiday stress. And they've measured it through polls and through, you know, a scientific study. And, and Christmas stress fully sets in. On December 13th. So statistically on December 13th, you're going to wake up that morning and you're going to go, oh my gosh, what are we in for? What is even happening in my life right now? So that's December 13th. Mark it on your calendar. Just be ready for it. You're going to feel it. But the Christmas stress, it then, science tells us that it turns severe on December 18th. Okay. So it ratchets up from just normal, you know, average stress to like severe migraine, headache, punch in the drywall, severe stress on December 18th. And that's only what a full week before Christmas morning. Okay. So it's a week of stress. This is the best part. Christmas stress. It fully peaks. It's like, it just keeps going up and up and up and it fully peaks on December 25th, Christmas day at around two o'clock in the afternoon. Do you want to know why? It's because the kids open the presents, the house is a mess, and all of your family is in your house being obnoxious and loud, and they've eaten, and there's food trash, and the dog is going crazy, and you're just going, I just want everyone to leave, and I want this to end now. So Christmas stress peaks Christmas Day at like 2 o'clock. These are some interesting statistics too. 69% of people stress out at Christmas over lack of money. Almost 70%. 70% of people are stressed during the Christmas holidays over lack of time. I don't know. You may be like me. My calendar, it just completely fills up around the holidays. You got this party and that party and this house and that house and all these people who want to get together. And it is just like, ugh, stress. 51% of people feel stressed over the pressure to give gifts. Now, I'm not saying this is me, but like some people might look at their list of people in their lives and feel like, well, I don't have the money for that. I don't even really like that person. I really never talked to them, but like we share the same last name. Oh, I got to buy him something. And there's this pressure to give gifts and it stresses us out because whether it's time or whether it's money, whatever it is, Christmas can be stuck with stress. Check out this percentage. And this means that 45% of this room, because 45% of Americans, almost half of this room, say that they would prefer to skip Christmas altogether because it is so stressful. And some of you guys were like laughing uncomfortably because like, oh, that's crazy. (laughs) Not me. It's like, oh, Jesus, that would be awesome. (laughs) Let my entire family just schedule a trip on vacation to Mexico and I just can't afford it. Sorry. And I'm just home alone. I get to sleep in, right? Because Christmas stress. It just hits you. Anybody here ever feel stress? I mean, even just beyond Christmas, anybody feel stressed 
Like life is out of control. Things are happening in your life that you just can't get your hands around. Or, I mean, things are happening to you that are way out of your control. And it just feels like you're powerless to do anything about it. I mean, between work and school and family and church and extracurriculars and, you know, soccer and karate and piano lessons and drama class. And some of you guys are like, Chris, I can't sit in here any longer. I got I to gotta go. It's too much. You're about to have an anxiety attack. Just be talking about this stuff. Well, bro, I know exactly what you're talking about. Stress, man. Every single one of these areas is important. And because every single one of these areas is important, we feel like we need to tend to these things and see them develop and see them grow because they matter, right? They're important in our lives. But something happens when we try to tend to all these areas and make sure that everything's taken care of and make sure that everything's going great. Many of us can just walk away from all of it feeling like we're just failing at everything. It's like I got 10 things on my plate and like I, I can't pour into all of those things and do them all at 100%. So everything is just 10%. And then we go home and lay in bed and it's like, I'm a failure. Why am I even doing any of it? And the stress compounds and the pressure compounds and it just feels like, ah, stress. We're heading into a season of it right now and you may be feeling it already. What I want to do today is talk about how is God with us in our stress? How is God with us in the times in our lives where we feel pressure, where we feel anxiety, where we feel like there's so much happening that we can't get our hands around it and get control over things? Now, there's a woman named Martha in the New Testament. Martha had a sister named Mary and a brother named Lazarus. They were actually friends with Jesus. They were some of Jesus' closest friends. Um, they were actually, as a family, they supported Jesus financially as well. So Jesus, in his ministry, traveling around, I mean, he didn't draw a regular paycheck. And so he depended on people to support his ministry, much in the same way as the, the, the people of Compass support the ministry of our church and our outreach efforts and all the things that we do as a church. Uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus supported Jesus financially uh, in his journeys. And uh, we're going we're gonna to take a look at a story where Jesus and Martha kind of intersected in, in Luke chapter 10. Check this out. It says that as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. Now, this sounds familiar, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, you got a big dinner you got to prepare. You got a ton of people over and they're coming over for dinner. And now here's Jesus, right? And he's got 12 disciples. So that's 13 people you got to create a meal for, not to mention everybody in the family. And like, if Jesus is coming to the house, you're going to have friends over because you want to, you know, you got this amazing guy in your house. You want to show off that you know him and you know, Hey, this is my guy. He's my bro, Jesus. And so Martha, she's just like full on dinner party mode. She's like, okay, I need the turkey. I got to get the stuffing and then the, the gravy. Um, some people might call it goomgami. I've heard that. That's just a thing. I don't know. But I got to get all of these things put together and in preparation for this meal. I got to get this dinner party great. And I got to get the house cleaned. And I got to make sure all the dog hair is vacuumed up. And I got, you know, all of these things I got to take care of to get this dinner party ready to go. That sounds familiar, right? People are coming over. It's got to be perfect. I, you know, I got to sweep the entryway and I got to put the, the shoes by the door looking nice and neat. Not like in the three foot high pile of just tangled shoelaces like it normally is, but so that it looks like this is actually how we really live. You know, that's because people are coming over. It's stress, pressure. And Martha is in the middle of all of that. The story continues. Martha, she, she sees her sister Mary out there hanging out with Jesus, just sitting at his feet, listening to him talk. And she came out of the kitchen to Jesus. And she says this. She says, Lord, 
Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Will you tell her to come and get up and help me? Have you, when you were a kid, were you ever at a friend's house? And you guys are hanging out and maybe they get their siblings are around. But you ever at a friend's house and their mom comes downstairs and your friend got in trouble and their mom was yelling at them right in front of you. Has that ever happened to you? Or have you ever like, you know, been with your friends and their siblings or their parents and like maybe you're going bowling with the family and you're sitting in the car and you're looking forward to having a good time bowling and then they get into a fight with each other and they start screaming at each other and like, no, mom, you're dumb. I'm going to pull this car over and I'm going to smack your butt. Oh, mom, you're... Oh, so that's like, it's the worst. It's the most awkward thing in the world. I remember one time I was a kid over at a friend's house and we were just hanging out and uh, his mom came downstairs and she's like, I thought I told you to clean up that kitchen after you guys made macaroni and cheese. And you did not do it. And it is a mess up there. And I just wanted to shrink into the wall, right? Which is, and I would just like disappear while she's yelling at her son. And I, like a sixth sense, she could tell that I was shrinking back. And she looks at me and she says, Chris, you would never do this to your mom, would you? And I was like, don't, don't, don't drag me into the middle of this. This is awkward. I'm uncomfortable. That's exactly what Martha did. She busts out of the kitchen. She's working her butt off. And Mary is sitting in there on her feet just listening to this guy talk. And she's not lifting a finger. And the house is a mess. And food needs to be prepared. And she storms out of that kitchen. And everyone in the room who's paying attention had to know, that, like, oh, snap. It is going down right now. And Martha walks up. And she says, Jesus, I bet if your mom was cooking in the kitchen, she would never have to do that alone. I bet you money her, her daughter or sister would come in and help her, right, Jesus? And she just rips into Martha right in that moment. And not only is she ripping to, Martha, or ripping to Mary, she kind of rips into Jesus. He's like, Jesus, will you please tell her, she's dragging him in the will you tell her to get off her tush and come into this kitchen and help me out? You ever notice how when we get stressed, that... The things that are closest to us tend to suffer. They tend to bear the consequences. And whenever break a phone screen because you were angry, probably no one in here, but you probably know someone who broke a phone screen because they were angry and they slammed it down on the table. Can't believe this. Uh, anybody, now no, none of the kids who go to Compass would do this. I know that. But anybody have kids who maybe broke a game controller because they got mad at Overwatch or Fortnite or whatever? I'm certainly not my, saying my kids would ever do that. Never. Never would my kids ever break a controller. They totally did. When we get stressed, it, it just it kind of bursts out of us. And it, and, and it bursts out into the things that are closest to us. It bursts out. And You ever notice how stress can kind of overflow out of us and it kind of hit the people who are closest to us? And I'm not even necessarily just talking about proximity, right? Because... Like when you're stressed at work, when you're stressed at work, you don't just pop off on your boss, right? Because you got enough self-control for that. But watch out when you get home, right? Like, you know, anyone ever have a long day at work and you come home and you're thinking in your head, oh, I just dare my husband to ask me what's for dinner tonight. I dare him. Oh, yes, please, please. Or it's, it's Christmas. It's the holiday season. Right? And you're stressed. You're worried about money. You don't have enough for all that you want to do. People are traveling in. You know you're going to have to spend on food and all this stuff. And you're stressed. And like your kid. 
Like, for some reason, they just keep asking for the same thing over and over again and dropping hints. Hey, Mom, did you see this video game? I think, I think that would be really cool. I don't know. If, maybe if someone got that for me for Christmas. I don't know. I mean, do you think Santa would have that? And it's like, oh, my gosh, I swear. Like, hand on a Bible, kid. If you bring up that game one more time, I'm going to buy every game, every copy in Bloomington Normal. And I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to smash them all into a jelly. Right? <laughs> They're just, I'm going to take the Christmas tree and I'm going to calmly take it in the backyard and I'm going to douse it in lighter fluid and I'm going to burn it. And I'm just going to, yeah. (laughs) We take out our stress on the people who are closest to us. And, And the reality is this, is that when we embrace stress, when we live in it, when we embrace it, when we don't deal with it, when we, when we accept it as the norm in our lives, it is the people who are closest to us who will always pay the price. Always. They're the people who are going to get snapped at. They're the people who are going to feel your anger. They're the people who are going to feel the consequences and the result of your stress. When you embrace stress in your life, when you live in it, the people closest to you, your kids, your friends, your spouse, will always be the collateral damage when stress is the normal status of your life. When stress is the way that you live. Here's Martha. She's busy, right? She's putting together this dinner party and she needs everything in its right place. She needs the house clean. She needs the table set. She needs the food prepared. And Martha is like, I mean, to be honest, Martha is, is doing and preparing the most important part of a dinner party. And it's the dinner. That's where she's at, right? You can understand why she's stressed. You can understand why she feels pressure. And she sees Mary out here hanging out with the guest of honor and she's not doing anything. And Mary's just the closest t- thing to her. And she's got this lightning bolt building inside of her and it's and it's building hotter and hotter and hotter and that's got to zap somebody and who's it going to zap it's going to zap her family it's going to zap the person she's closest to and martha is so stressed that she just pops it off in the most awkward and weird and inappropriate moment that there could possibly be nothing about stress too is it when we embrace our stress doesn't it seem to justify when we hurt other people I know I shouldn't have talked like that to the kids. I know I shouldn't have treated my son that way or my daughter that way. But I'm just going through a lot right now. I know I probably shouldn't have said that to my husband, to my wife. But I have a lot on my mind, okay? And that you just don't understand. And I just need you to just understand everything that I'm going through. Lightning, 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 zap. Lightning, 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 zap. Just like lightning, it hits the thing that is closest to us. The people who are closest to us. And Martha's ticked. She knows there's going to be loads of time to hang out with Jesus. And she unloads on Mary in a way that really only sisters, that only family can. The story continues. Mary says this, or Martha says this, Jesus, will you tell her to get off her butt and help me? And then Jesus says this. The Lord said to her, he says, my dear Martha. First he's like, listen, my dear Martha, I love you. I care about you. You are important to me. Like, let's just get that out of the way first so you know that this is out of love. But hear what I'm saying next. You are worried and you are upset over all of these details. But there's only one thing that is worth being concerned about. And then he says this. Mary has discovered it. He says, and it's not going to be taken away from her. He says, Martha, you are running around and you're stressing about all the things that need to get done. Which, I mean, let's be honest. Martha's not stressing about the things that need to be done. Martha's stressing about how the people are going to perceive her if she doesn't get them done. Or how how people are going to perceive her if she does get them done well. I mean, that's what Martha's stressing about. 
It's not the task, but it's about who she is, how people see her, what she thinks is happening in other people's heads and in their minds and, and what they think of her. And Jesus says, listen, all of these things that you're worried about, I mean, sure, people need to eat. Yeah, it's preferable to eat in a clean house with the table set. These are details, right? But you're stressing and you're worrying about all of these things. And he says, these things don't really matter. And Mary, who's sitting here with me, Mary, who's not running around like crazy, not helping with these details that, I mean, yeah, are probably important. Mary has figured out this thing that really matters. She's figured out the thing that she should be concerned with in her life. And then he says this, and I'm not going to let anything take that away from her. Mary's figured this out. I'm not going to let anything take that away from her. Now, I'm sure that this threw Martha for a loop, right? Because she's in that mode where it's like, well, I'm stressed. Everyone has to understand the stress I'm under. Everyone has to see it. It's obvious because when we're in our stress bubble, it's so obvious that everyone should understand it. And she's like, what, what are you talking about, Jesus? I'm doing all, you can see all the work I'm doing. She should be helping me. What could be more important than making sure the dinner portion of the dinner party is actually happening? The turkey's drying out, Jesus. You know, I mean, uh, the, the gravy's getting that skin on top of it that's gross. I mean, this has to happen. And Martha just has to be like, someone's got to do the work. Someone's got to make the party happen. Someone's got to change the diapers. Someone's got to pay the bills. Right? Someone's got to drive them to practice. And if, if nobody does this, it's not going to get done. Jesus, this stuff is important. And then Jesus says something that had to be totally hard for Martha to hear. And I know that because it's hard for us to hear. It's hard for me to hear that the stuff I'm stressing about is not all that important. Why? Because I'm stressing about it. It has to be important if I'm stressing about it. But Jesus said, no, no, no. The things that are stressing you out are not that important. And Jesus, through Martha, through Mary, through the New Testament, through the Gospel of Luke, who heard this story from Peter and from some of the other disciples and wrote it down to pass it down over 2,000 years to us today, Jesus wants you to know that the things that are stressing you out, take a deep breath, are not that important. Well, Chris, you don't understand. I'm not just dealing, you know, with like having to throw a dinner party together. I'm dealing with health stuff. I'm dealing with serious money stuff. I'm dealing with work stuff. I'm dealing with big picture, my future stuff. I'm dealing with making decisions about where I'm going to go to school. And those are decisions that are going to affect my entire life. And listen, I know those things are important. Those things matter. But Jesus wants you to know if you reach the point where you are stressing about those things and they are filling the, the windshield of your life, this is Jesus' message. The things that you are stressing about are not that important. In fact, there's really only one thing to be concerned about. Not my words, Jesus's. There's one thing to be concerned about. One thing that if you put it as your north star, one thing that if you fill it, fill your windshield with this one thing, everything else will be resolved and Mary got it. And that thing was Jesus. That one thing was the person who Mary was with. Jesus was in their home and Mary said, I'm with him. I want this. I want whatever. The, I want this. I want more of this in my life. And Martha 
super stoked that Jesus was in her house. I mean, that makes her look awesome. This dude is, he's, he's here. I'm, a, I'm amazing. He's my friend. Everybody come look. And she wanted this amazing party. And I think she's so focused on herself and so focused on the things that were going to help her to see herself the way she wanted to see herself and for other people to see her the way she wanted them to see her. And all of those things were just weighing on her like a rock after a rock after a rock. And she missed out on the fact that the one thing, the one person that she should be concerned with in her home was sitting in the other room. And here's the the thing for us. The one thing that we need to be concerned with is the fact that God is with us. You see, Jesus was sitting in the living room, hanging out with Mary. He's talking to people. That's a a story, right? It's a great picture. But do do you understand the fact that Jesus is with us today, that he is with us now. God is with us. He is present. If you're a follower of Jesus, the New Testament tells us this, that his Holy Spirit lives inside of you, that he's with you at all times because his spirit resides in you. That the moment you say yes to Jesus, that his presence is with you at all times. Scripture tells us that when two or more are gathered in his name, that he is present. You're sitting there eating pretzels, watching TV, right? But if you're gathered together as followers of Jesus, his spirit is present with you. He says that, that, that he's always with you, that he will never leave you or forsake you, that God is with you. And if you can make that the one thing that you concern yourself in your life, the fact that Jesus is with you. Check this out. This is, this is, this is what God's promise is to you in Matthew six thirty three. It says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. What do you, what do you do? What do you seek first? The kingdom of God. You concern yourself with God's kingdom. You concern yourself with the fact that God is with you and his promise. This is Jesus talking. His promise is that all of the other stuff will be taken care of. Now, I'll just, let's just put it this way. I know that Jesus is not necessarily saying, seek me first and the house will clean itself. Okay. Seek me first and the kitchen counters will be wiped clean. Just go up to your prayer time and come down and just there'll be sparkles and twinkles all over your home. I mean, let's be realistic. I know that's not what it is, but this is what Jesus is saying. If you concern yourself with me, the weight of all the other things that you are concerning yourself with, I will take that burden off your shoulders and I will carry it for you. You don't have to carry it anymore. In fact, I will take that burden off your shoulders so much that you can just continue to seek me and seek me. And then as you put me first in your life, I'll begin to resolve some of these issues, some of the things that are pressuring you and, and stressing you out in your life. I will I'll sneak in and I will take care of those things for you. Recently, Terry and I were in California for a, a church planters conference that, that some friends of ours graciously offered to, to fly us out to and to, you know, let us experience. It was awesome. It was just such an incredible gift. And it was such a refreshing time to kind of allow God to pour into us and speak vision into us. And it was great. And one of the things that we made time to do is we just drove to the ocean. Because there's something about it. There's something about going and just sitting on the beach. And it was cold. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like we went out and just took off our clothes and pranced in the wall. It wasn't that. You know, I didn't have my Hawaiian shirt. It was cold. We had jackets. But we just went up and we sat on a lifeguard tower that said, do not sit here. But I was like, baby, we're going to sit here. Okay. So we sat on the lifeguard tower and we just looked at the ocean. And it is so big. I mean, as far as the eye can see forward, you cannot see the end of it. 
And then from like looking left to right, it goes out as far as your eyes can see. And listen, we have stuff going on in our lives. There's things that, that, that are happening in us that, that would be very easy for us to be stressed about. And there are things in our lives that we have dealt with stress about in our lives. But I can tell you this, even in that moment, somehow just sitting in front of the ocean, just the vastness of it has a way of making me just forget about all of the little things. I don't know if you've been to the Grand Canyon and you sit down and you, you look at that and you're like, I am so small and my problems are just so small because look at this. This is amazing. And he's the natural wonder of God. If you look at him, if you concern yourself with the fact that he is with you, that the ocean is following you everywhere you go if you just look at it. Right, because I could turn my back to the ocean and not see it. And I could be like, oh my gosh, what is happening in my life? But when I turn and look, it's back there again. The vastness of God's presence is right there. And we have a choice. Do we concern ourselves with the vastness of the presence of God? Or do we concern ourselves with our money, with our schedules, with our relationships, and the things that want to weigh us down over and over and over again. Because God says this, Jesus says this, if you concern yourself with the vastness of my presence in your life, all of these things will just grow smaller and smaller and smaller. The apostle Paul writes this, like this, that, that when you focus on God, the things of earth, they just grow strangely dim. Like they just, the light just kind of goes dim on them and they just, the focus on them just becomes less and less because God is so big and massive and incredible and he can deal with it. This is what, I'm going to just read you a couple verses here. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said this in John chapter 15. He said, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me... You can do nothing. Look at that last line, that last sentence. Say it with me. For apart from me, you can do what? Apart from me, you can do what? Well, I mean, but what about this dinner? I mean, what about my bank account? I mean, what about my marriage? And what about all these things? I've got to do something. I've got to make something happen because I'm so stressed about my job. I'm so stressed about my car. I'm so stressed about my school. What? I've got to do something. And Jesus says, stop. He says, concern yourself with the fact that I'm with you. And do this. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. You're trying to be fruitful. You're trying to deal with the issues of stress in your life. You're trying to manage those things. But apart from me, you can do what? Ever want to run in a hamster wheel? <laughs> I think a human-sized hamster wheel would be really cool for like 30 seconds. And then I'm done. I don't want to put myself in the hamster wheel and just keep going and going and going because I know I'm not going anywhere. And when we stress about the things in our lives, it, it never works. It won't work. Why? Because apart from him, we can't do anything. Jesus has remained. The answer to stress is to this. It's to remain, to remain in Jesus, to be conscious of his presence in our lives and to remain in him. And one thing I want to make sure you get out of this, right? Remain. This is not a matter of thought. Okay. Remaining in Jesus is not a matter of focus because I can think about Jesus while I'm doing a lot of things. Right? Martha can think about Jesus while she's boiling potatoes. She can think about Jesus in those moments. You can think about Jesus while you're running around in your car back and forth, picking this kid up and dropping that person off. You can think about Jesus. But it's not about thought or focus. Remaining in Jesus is about time. It's a matter of time. Mary was spending time with Jesus. She was remaining in him. She was just thinking about him. 
She didn't just put him on her list of all the other things she needed to think about in the moment. Remaining in Jesus is a matter of time. Spending time with him, spending time in prayer, spending time in his word, waking up in the morning and just taking the first 10 minutes to just find a quiet spot just alone with you and God and just put everything else aside and say, God, for 10 minutes, I'm going to concern myself with the fact that you are with me. And I'm going to look at the ocean of your presence in my life before I start my day. Knowing there's nothing that could happen in my life that could ever surpass or overcome the ocean of my life. Because apart from Jesus, we can't do anything. Nothing we do apart from Jesus will have any eternal worth or value. And I want you to get that. The thing you're stressing about, maybe you could figure out a way to fix it. Maybe you can figure out a way around it. But it won't have eternal value in your life. Because apart from him, we can do what? Nothing. This is what what Psalm uh, chapter 39 says. And the, the, the psalmist who wrote this, it's just so personal, right? I, this is just a prayer. And I see this as a guy who's going through stress, a guy who is in the moment and he's feeling overwhelmed with all the thoughts and all the things he's worried about. And he writes this. He says, Lord, remind me of how brief my time on earth will be. Just remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. And my entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is just a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and get this, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who's going to spend it, and so, so because of all my stress, because of all my anxiety, because of my worries about money, because of all the things that I want to make sure I do in my life, because I'm so worried about what other people are going to think of me, and I just want to measure up to these imaginary expectations that I've put on people, that, that I imagine in people's minds. What will I do in the face of those stress? Where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. My hope is not in a better calendar. My hope is not in a a stress management app. My hope is in you. My hope is not in my own ability to cope. My hope is not in my own ability to improve and better myself, to overcome these things in my life that are stressing me out. My only hope is in you. Because the Apostle Paul says this in Philippians. He says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything else is worthless. The dinner party, a year from now, are we going to be talking about it? The gift I bought for my kid this year because I didn't have enough money and I had to go cheat. Ten years from now, am I going to be talking about it? Am I going to feel it? This job that may be falling apart right now, Ten years from now, when God leads me to something else because I concern myself with his presence and I sought his kingdom first and he guided my steps. Ten years from now, when I look back at that and I'm in a much better place, am I going to still feel that stress? The Lord is with us. God is with us. And ultimately, what are we chasing? Money, applause, recognition, a sense of self-worth. What are we chasing with the things that are stressing us out? We gobble up all our time with stress and the things that we think will give us and our families a better life. And all along, Jesus is sitting there going, I'm right here. I'm in the room. I'm in the house. And if you just concern yourself with me, I'm not going to let anything take that away. If you concern yourself with me, I'm not going to let your anxiety and stress over all these other things pull you away. If you concern yourself with me, if you remain in me, if you spend time with me, stress will become a thing in your rearview mirror. 
And it may try to bite at you and snap at you every once in a while. But when it does, what do you do? You just turn and you look back at Jesus. And you sit at his feet and you remain in him. Because Jesus wants you to know that if you concern yourself with that one thing, it will not be taken away from you. The peace that you get when you concern yourself with Jesus will not be taken away from you. The rest that you get when you concern yourself with Jesus will not be taken away from you. The joy, the relief that you experience when you concern yourself with Jesus will not be taken away from you. And all the anxiety about school, about work, about relationships, all of those things that you carry on your shoulders when you concern yourself with Jesus, they will just get strangely dim in the light of his love, in the light of his grace, in the light of his power. Stop stressing about what you're doing and instead remain focused on the one who is with you right now. Stop stressing about your activity and instead focus on who's with you while you're doing it. It's the cure. It's the antidote to stress. And it's the fulfillment of a promise for the best life that you could ever live. The great life that, that God has for you is not based on the good things that you can do for yourself or the things that you can do for your family. It's based on sitting down and concerning yourself with his presence every day, every moment. Stand up with me as we pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're speaking to us. And I know this, Lord, that there are people in this room who are stressed. There are people who are carrying burdens. And I know that there's, there's people even here today and they're like, Chris, I hear you saying this, but you don't understand the weight of what I'm carrying. I know you're, you're talking about all these things and they're so small compared to the thing that's weighing me down. But listen, God, we know this. They're not small compared to you. They're not small compared to the vastness of the ocean of your presence. And so, Lord, today we lift ourselves up to you and we ask you to move. God, with just everyone's eyes still closed, if you're here and you're stressed, you have anxiety, you have worry, you're going through it right now, and you need God to set you free, just slip your hand up. We want to pray for you. Just, I'm stressed, I have anxiety, I'm worried, I need, I need prayer. Just hold your hands up. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that's lifted. I pray, Jesus, that in this moment that you would set them free because this is the moment that they are choosing to concern themselves with the presence of God in their lives. That this is the moment that they have decided instead of looking at their problems to look at their creator, to look at their savior, and to look at their God. And Father, I pray that as they do this, as they concern themselves with your presence that is with them, with your Holy Spirit that lives within them, Father, I pray that all these things would diminish in the light of your power and of your grace and of your love, Lord. Jesus, we surrender ourselves to you and we ask you to move on our behalf. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.